Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 215 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan, Adam, and Trey here with you tonight to preview week four in the CFL, a week with only three games on the schedule. Uh, so a little bit less to talk about, but I'm sure we'll talk about it for just as long as we always do. Uh, we'll talk major matchups, storylines, fantasy players to watch, and make our betting picks for each of the games this week. Uh, we're also live on a variety of different platforms, thanks to presenting sponsor GameTime TV, uh, which you can learn more about uh, by visiting GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, we'll take your comments, take your questions in our live chat throughout the night. See a couple of people filing in there already. Uh, how are you all doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. And uh, before we bring in the rest of the panel, as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree. Ojukri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. All right, let's introduce the rest of the panel here this evening. I'm Ryan. I'm joined by, first of all, the great Adam Stewart is here tonight. Adam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Just uh, managed to get a little bit of work done before coming here on the old farm equipment. Was washing some stuff off, cleaning it off, making it look good. But uh, yeah, no, and then uh, quickly whipped on the old Father's Day hat that was given away at the Ryder game in the first one and came on down to uh, talk some more CFL. So yeah, all good. I like it. It's a nice looking hat. I got to start getting a hat. I got to get a hat. I feel like y'all are always wearing hats. I'm not, I have hats. I just don't wear them as much. I feel so Maybe. naked with a hat. I have to. Like I, I, geez, I wear my hat all the time at home. I don't know why. Well, you heard him already. It's the great Trey Colback is here tonight as well. Trey, how are you doing? Boys, I want to show this. I got this in the mail. I officially graduated university. I'm educated. So who to whoever that joker said I have no credentials, boom. Right there. Chad Kelly number one and you W approved. <laughs> I've got one of those too, but it says I know how to negotiate. Yeah, you, you screwed me on our fantasy. You screwed me in negotiations on the fantasy. You signed BD before I could, so. Well, I'll get into that later on, right, Ryan? Oh, for sure. Joke. Adam's been wheeling and dealing in the uh, CFC Draft Fantasy League. Uh, yeah, let's get into things tonight before we start talking about week four in the CFL. Quick mention, as we do normally. Uh, if you want extra content or just want to chat with us in between our weekly shows, we have so much extra stuff going on in the CFC Discord community, uh, which you can, um, oh, that's not what I wanted to do. There we go. Uh, which you can join via the link in the episode description, whether you're watching the audio, whether you're watching the bit, or whether you're watching the video or listening to the audio, uh, the link's in the description there. Uh, we have game day threads for every CFL game. Uh, I've been putting a lot of extra fantasy content in there. Trey's listing out our betting picks every single week in our totals there. Uh, we even have some uh, live interactive drive-home call-in shows at least once a week, so uh, feel free to hop into the Discord community and join us there if you want extra content uh, beyond our weekly episodes. All right, guys, let's talk about week number four, I believe it is, in the CFL. Uh, can you believe it? We're already a month into the season. Still no stats, but we're a month into the season here and first of three games on the schedule is Edmonton in Ottawa Friday night 7 30 p.m eastern time 
Adam, what are we looking at for storylines in this one? Well, I think there's one main storyline that everybody's been talking about all week. Uh, but I want to bring up one thing first before we get into anything here. Edmonton fans, be nicer to your social media guy. I mean, the amount of garbage that I've seen posted about the auto or about the Edmonton Elks, uh, either about their name, about their team, about Victor uh, uh, Chu, about Chris Jones, about everything. Don't get me wrong. Fans have the right to go and vent. But some of these guys, I mean, it's malicious out there in the uh, social media world. Try to be a little bit happier in this world if you can, because, you know, it's a privilege still to have a professional football team like the Edmonton uh, uh, franchise. And I mean, it's a well-storied franchise. I know some guys are upset about that, but that's my little uh, rant for today. Of course, everybody's talking right now about the 0-2 Ottawa Red Blacks versus the 0-3 Edmonton Elks. Uh, I does not sound, and I mean, I've been trying to watch for an injury report on this to let me know what's going on, but I do believe that Jeremiah Manzoli is still going to be out in this game, if I'm not mistaken. So it's either Nick Arbuckle. Uh, now, just give me, let me think about this because I'm trying to get the names right here. Uh, Nick Arbuckle could start. I don't think he will. Uh, Trey Adams is the name? Tyree Adams. Tyree. Uh, and he has been confirmed as the starter for this. Tyree week. is start, confirmed starting. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, – just a quick little brief thing about here. What is it with Jeremiah Mazzoli? Is is he coming back this season? I, what's your opinions quickly on this one? It's, I'm concerned because it seemed like a lot of the talk was, oh, yeah, don't worry. Mazzoli's going to be ready for the start of the season. Then training camp rolls around. No, he's not going to be quite ready yet till after the bye week and ready to go for week four. And now it's they're saying we're looking at it on a week by week basis, not a day by day thing. To me, kind of spells it could be a while before we we see Mazzoli come in, which is which is bad for a team that desperately needs him. Trey, no, I agree. And you know what's weird? Thinking back now, you know, a few years ago, because I kept seeing the whole like the butterfly effect of that Zach Caleros trade. Who would have thought, if we thought about it then, if we said which guy would be, you know, top in the league and which guy would be struggling to get in the lineup, I probably would have put my money on Zach Caleros back then, right? Even before the, before that little run over Mazzoli, but it's kind of Mazzoli's been the guy. Um, is this still that hit from last year, from plaguing him, from the Marino guy? Yeesh. This was his leg, and he's, a mo he's been a mobile quarterback, and... And I would think it was his plant foot too, if I'm not mistaken. Like that's a lot of weight. He's a big guy. He's 34, and that's a hundred in football years, right? So, yeah, I don't know. And this this other guy we've never really heard of, and he's getting the start over Arbuckle, and I don't know. It's, I you know what? I would not be surprised though if this game ends in a tie, because if you're going to look at Ottawa's struggles and you look at Edmonton's struggles, neither of them really deserve a win. You know, looking over the grand scheme of things. So, oh, yeah, I hate, I feel bad for Mazzoli, but I think it's a quarterback issue across the league. Like, you could probably name two, three guys that you really want Vernon Adams, Caleros, and um, VA, and maybe Harris after that. Do you really want any of these guys? Mazzoli, you know, I feel bad. He's a good player, but oh, I don't know. Injuries, right? Well, what was, what was the. 
What was the phrase you used yesterday when we were chatting, Adam? Something about a stoppable force and a movable object. With, uh, yeah, this, this is this is exactly summing this game up. I mean, one is a truly stoppable force and just cannot be uh, get going, and the other one is just an object that kind of gets pushed out of the way pretty easily here. Although, you know, Ottawa still has some pieces on defense. I mean, it's just the problem is I think they're playing all the time and they're never getting any time to get off the field. Uh Otherwise, I think Ottawa's defense is good enough to win them some games. Edmonton on the other side, boy, I mean, it, other than the defensive line, I don't know about Edmonton anymore. I'm just, I'm getting more and more worried with this team. I mean, Chris Jones, again, non-committal, who is starting quarterback will be yet, unless I missed a tweet or something. Uh, I know Jared Dagey, I believe it was, was taking uh, most of the first team reps. Trey Ford is back and with the active roster after the cut to uh, uh, Kai Loxley, uh, and then Taylor Cornelius. I mean, that's why I was trying to get with the fans on there on uh, that part. Boy, she does not look good when you're a uh, Edmonton Elk fan. And reading some of the comments about Taylor Cornelius, I mean, uh, I hope they don't do Chris Jones' mean tweets because he might actually cry after that one. Uh, Ryan, you're the quarterback expert in Edmonton this year. Uh what can you tell us about either Jared Daggy or, uh, in this case, I guess, Trey Ford, possibly? They got one more guy in as well, didn't they? I like your sarcastic comment and subtle dig that I'm the expert on quarterbacks in Edmonton this year when I took Taylor Cornelius in the first round of our fantasy draft, and that clearly did not work out well at all. Uh, I dropped him this week, spoiler alert, because... It appears that Jarrett Daggy is going to get the start for Edmonton. I mean, Chris Jones, I think I was reading, had a quote today where, you know, somebody pressed him in, the, in practice interviews and said, so who's your starter at quarterback this week? And he said something like, why do you never ask who my starter at left tackle is? That's a position on the football field, too. We'll have someone start at left side tackle is important, too. <laughs> we'll have we'll have somebody starting at quarterback and we'll fill a full roster. We'll <laughs> see to sum it up, but Deggy has been getting the first team reps in practice this week. Trey Ford will be back on the roster because Kyle Oxley got released right uh, after his fumble and refusal to go back in supposedly. Uh, but I, I, I assume it's going to be Deggy as the starter. Cornelius is still the backup and maybe Trey Ford gets it now in the short yardage plays. I'm not too sure, but uh, I don't know. He said, it seems like he's still a bit in uh, Jones's doghouse too. So, uh, who knows how far into this game before Jones needs to build a bigger doghouse? I find it interesting. I know. I find it. You say his name Daggy? Doggy? Daggy. I, yeah. I thought it was Doge. Jeez, man. These names, that's worse than Taves with the W. But um, you, I find it interesting how two short yardage guys get cut in the same week with uh, Pigram and Winnipeg. You know, and yeah, Brew Cup comes in, but that's one of the most valuable positions in the CFL, isn't it? You're third and short guy like I, you know because how many games would uh but also those guys got stuff but anyway ah man i don't know about edmonton i don't what was the question again <laughs> i'm sorry i'm out of it today what was the question again generally what you're thinking about the quarterback situation in edmonton i mean let's have a fun idea make uh, our buckle and the other guy play for edmonton and put uh Do doji and trey ford on ottawa just for the game see what happens I don't know. That's all I got. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. This game, like I, this this game was probably the hardest one for me in betting, which we'll talk about because 
I usually if I take a team that's the underdog, I only do it if I believe they could win. And I don't think either team could win this game. So it's so hard to pick. <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? I mean, on this one here, you look at uh, if Jared Daggy gets in, I think we got to ask our uh, NCAA expert again, Brandon, about him because uh, he was all over the place in the NCAA. I was just taking a look at that. He was in Virginia. He was in Bowl- Bowling Greens. He was all over the place. And the only reason I know how to say Daggy Trey is because his brother Seth one time was a Saskatchewan Rough Rider quarterback. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> The glory years. Oh, yeah. That was when yeah, Winnipeg you, just started getting rolling. It's like, oh, what did I was going to say now? Never mind. I think he actually made the Joe Mack defense look pretty good. Oh, I was going to say, that's a concern to me, though, if the, he played in multiple universities, especially if this was five, six, seven years ago before the transfer portal became hot, because that, to me, doesn't show very – I mean, it could, and maybe we do need our NCAA expert on here, but, like, if a guy is jumping around three or four teams within five, five max five years, that's Pierre-Luc Dubois range, right? And you can't you can't have that. I will yeah. say Nagy looked like the best quarterback in the outs had in the preseason this year. And actually, when he came in, he did put some offense on the board there. I know one of them was that fluke touchdown right at the end of the game uh last week but uh you know like 140 something yards two touchdowns that's probably honestly the best most offense we've seen from Edmonton all year so to be fair to be fair the best quarterback in the New York Jets locker room preseason was Chris Trevler and you know we know what Adam says about that right so we won't talk about that but uh <laughs> just bringing up the things with Jared Daggy here that I've got uh started in Bowling Green got transferred to West Virginia out of transfer portal then he went and uh, announced that he was transferring to Western Kentucky. And then he uh, went to Western Kentucky, didn't get the starting job. So then he went over to Troy. So, Four schools. I don't know. That's crazy because at some point, too, you had to sit out for a little bit if you transferred. So that must have been after that because there's no way. Yeah, Man, that's he, crazy. Four schools in four years. That's Yeah, that's not really heard of much. So. Uh, the other part to I guess to go through on this game here is a big part for fantasy. Uh, to note, no Eugene Lewis this week uh, for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, so if you expected him to get some big points, it ain't gonna happen. Uh, for the next six weeks potentially. Exactly. On the that's, yeah. list, which is was a bit shocking to see. Oh yeah, Eugene Lewis might not play this week. Oh, now he's on the six-game injured list. Nah, that's a little bit of Chris, Chris Jonesmanship, I think, on that one. Because, yeah, that guy pretty plays everything right next to the chest. So I'm sure he'll be on a pre-practice roster trying to get better pretty soon. But uh, in the meantime, I think then that means that you probably got some different picks to make here in fantasy, uh, Ryan. Yeah, if we want to get into fantasy picks in this game between Edmonton and Ottawa, first off, a quick note, the past couple of weeks I've been giving you five fantasy players to watch from each game. Uh, We're switching that up a little bit because some games, frankly, there aren't five great options that I can endorse. And I found, uh, you know, there I was was going for a stretch, so to say, with some of those options where it was like, "Ah, I don't think these are going to be a great one, but this is the fourth or fifth best one in this game. So we're going to narrow it down on some games or on some games like this one, where I think there are prime opportunities for some interesting fantasy picks. We're going to have a couple more. I believe I have six or seven players to watch in this game for you. Uh, And let's start off with uh, wide receiver Justin Hardy. He comes in at $11,500. 
He's continuing last year's trend of being a high target receiver for Ottawa, 17 targets in the first two games for them. Uh, so, you know, if he can continue that with Tyree Adams at quarterback and maybe he can get a little bit more going in that passing game than uh, Nick Arbuckle was able to, I think Hardy could be a potential good play there. He's always going to be one of the most targeted receivers in that Ottawa offense. Sticking with the Red Blacks, I also really like running back Demontre Tuggle this week at $4,600. It seems like he's primed to get his second start of the season. A huge value play at running back. He put up nine points in week two and faces an Edmonton defense that has really struggled against the run. I mean, we saw what A.J. Olette, Andrew Harris, and Daniel Adamaboye did to them uh, last week where the Argos just ran all over them there. So I think that is one of the best value plays you can get this week is Devontre Tuggle at running back. Uh, and especially because his quarterback, Tyree Adams, threw the ball to him a lot when he came in in the second half uh, in uh, their game two weeks ago before the bye week. Adams is also a player to watch for me. He's $7,000. He's a cheap quarterback option, one of the two cheap value plays for the week. Uh, not much film on him, but he did rush for 19 yards in that last game. And so I like a mobile quarterback for fantasy and putting up the rushing yards is going to help you there. So I, I think it's potentially worth taking a shot on him against, you know, an Elks team that hasn't been very good. Uh, and same thing with the other side of the matchup. Jarrett Nagy is $6,900 as well. Again, take your pick between these two guys. I think Adams seems to be the more mobile option, get you those rushing yards, but it seems like Nagy, uh, has the ability to stretch the field maybe a little bit more with his passing game here. Uh, like I said, arguably the best offensive performance we've seen from the Elks so far. Only concern for me would be a short leash from Chris Jones, potentially. If he does struggle early in the game, do they go back to Cornelius? Do they go to Trey Ford? You have no, I have no idea what Chris Jones would do, but I think he's another cheap value play this week there. Uh, and a couple of receivers of his actually intrigued me this week. No Eugene Lewis makes me feel even more confident about recommending Stephen Dunbar Jr. at $10,900. Uh, he was the go-to receiver last week. He picked up 12 targets in that game. Uh, I know it's scary to pick any Elks wide receiver right now, but you know there, there aren't a lot of great high-priced options in fantasy this week. Uh, so at $11,000, if you're looking for a guy to kind of eat up a bit more of your salary, because there's so many good value plays, I kind of like Steven Dunbar as an option. I think he could get a lot of targets from an improved passing game this week. Also with Eugene Lewis out, that in steps one Maurice French into a starting role this week. He is not listed in fantasy quite yet. I'm hoping he will be by Friday night. He was the breakout player in the preseason for the Elks. Uh, and maybe there's a bit of a connection with Jared Daggy there. I imagine he's going to be a super cheap play as well. And, you know, hopefully somewhere in the $2,500 range in which you really only need, what, a 5 to 10 point week from him to be worth the money. So I, I like that play potentially there. And it's a lot less risky than spending up on a big receiver. And finally, defense options. Don't love a ton of them this week. Edmonton's defense is the cheapest one available. They've held their opponents to reasonable point totals the past couple of weeks uh, until the second half against the Argos, but they did get tired because the offense didn't give them much help. 
they face a quarterback making his first career start, and they've got some good pass rushers in Jake Resna and AC Leonard that uh, just haven't fully gotten going yet. So perhaps worth the play there. Probably won't hit your value, but they're the cheapest option on defense where not many teams do. All right, there's your six or seven players to watch in this game from the fantasy side. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think? Uh, who are you? Who do you have your eyes on? Who's your top guy in this game? Adam? Yeah, I'm taking a look at the left tackle, and I'm going to take Andrew Garnett. Just <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm not taking Andrew Garnett. Although Chris Jones probably would like that. Uh, I really like Tuggle this week. I, you know, he makes my roster just fill in really nicely. I can do some real good flexibility with it because of it. So Tuggle's definitely on my list this week uh, just because of that. Uh, I was tempted to put Kevin Brown in, but I think there's a better high pick option. So I'm just going to leave Kevin Brown out. And uh, I've got him in my uh, regular fantasy for our head-to-head for our private one. Dylan Mitchell, man, he's got to have a game sometime. This is the game. I know he's burned Ryan, so Ryan won't... Uh, We'll bring him up anymore, but uh, finally it's going to be Dylan Mitchell's turn and he's going to blow up for 150 plus yards. I hope. Trey, who do you got this week? Yeah, in this game, uh, I agree with the toggle pick, the value play there at what, four and a half, 4.6K. Uh, the other than that, I thought it was crazy until I saw heard Ryan say the Edmonton Elks defense. I kind of like that because I can't imagine too much crazy offensive play going to happen in this game. And I was between Ottawa and Edmonton. Which defense do I think might have a better game? And I went, uh, I went with turtleneck, uh, turtleneck defense. So we'll see. Better than the Swiss cheese one uh, we have in Winnipeg. But we'll see. I think Ottawa could have the better defensive performance, but they're about I think two thousand dollars more expensive or something like that. So well, I was like, ah, I don't know if that. I don't know if I. They're going to perform well enough over that uh just to touch on the two guys you mentioned adam because i did consider them obviously this week as well kevin brown the big reason i stride i stayed away from that and my recommendations here is that he didn't get a ton of carries last week and also ottawa gives up very few yards per carry even though they did face uh Diedrich mills last week and who did they face in their first game uh william standback and the alouette so lots of carries but not a ton of yards uh, that their defense gave up. And Dylan Mitchell, I wanted to include him, and I think he could have more opportunities with Eugene Lewis out, but you burned me this many times. I'm not going there quite yet this week uh, on Dylan Mitchell. Maybe next week if he performs well. Uh, those are your fantasy picks in this game. Again, a lot of opportunities in a game between you know two teams that aren't very good right now and have a lot of cheap plays available uh let's go over to our betting picks for this week uh, and let's see if we can uh figure out who to pick in this one Trey. yeah real quick we'll do a recap for the folks at home uh for the spread like uh ryan and i are nine and three last week we both went three and one adam uh, seven and five went two and two last week but he's still well mike might have a better percentage because but he missed week one at five and three and he went three one in the spread the over-under is where things get dicey. Uh, me, Adam, and Mike went 1-3 and three last week. Ryan went 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I'm 7-5 overall. Adam and Ryan are 5-7, seven, and seven, and Mike 1-4. and four. He got his first one. It's good for him, but... Uh, that stupid second half between Calgary and Saskatchewan. Things were looking so good. I'm three. I'm going to be 3-1. and one. You guys are going to be 0-4. Oh, 
It's what happens, man. It's what happens. Uh, season total, if you follow along and do our bets, if you do $5 on each game, it's a spread, $5 on each over-under, and then the $5 parlay on the spreads and $5 parlay on the over-unders. If you follow me, I'd be at $66.34. Adam would be at $28.47. Ryan, uh, you're about an ant farm in the hole at $17.06. And Mike, uh, yeah. We'll just leave that there. Um, but I did do calculations because we do better on the spread. So if you just did the spread betting, you'd be 74-48 positive with me, 68-78 positive with Adam. Ryan, you'd be in the positive at 10-16. Your standings are the same. You just missed that parlay. And Mike would be negative $2.61. So just about an extra large double-double in the hole. Not too bad for having fun. This game. Edmonton plus two and a half going into Ottawa minus two and a half. It didn't change, did it? No, it locked earlier, so I thought maybe it was changing. Um, and the over-under at 42 and a half. This one is great. I don't know. They're basically saying it's a pick'em game on the on a neutral site. A lot of uncertainty. I'm actually gonna go with Edmonton just because I want these two teams to remain winless at home. I think it's funny as hell. Um, and I'm I'm actually going to go with the under as well. 42 and a half is so low. Oh, no. No, no. I'll go over. I'll go over. Uh, I'll go Edmonton plus two and a half and over. Ryan, you tell me how I'm wrong. I, well, uh, well, I'm not allowed to abstain from picking this game. Final. That's the final ruling? Uh, no. I'm still, I'm still pissed off Mike didn't get week one in because now my numbers are all messed up. So <laughs> we're not allowed to miss anything. Where's my coin? Sorry, Ryan. Uh, no bye week this week. Yeah. Hang on. I'm trying to find my coin so I can flip it for this. No, I, I will make an actual pick here. And I'm going to, I think, agree with you on both of these, Trey. I, I think Edmonton has all a lot of the talent there on the roster. They just haven't gotten going yet. I think they're a little deeper talent-wise than Ottawa right now. Ottawa's got more injuries that they're struggling with. If everyone is healthy, maybe I would think it was the other way around. But I will give it to the Elks. And, yeah, 42.5 is so low. We thought Toronto-Edmonton was going to be low-scoring. And Edmonton themselves put up 30 points last week. So... I'll take the over and I will take Edmonton for the same reason that neither of these teams can apparently win a home game. Adam? Well, I'm going to go with probably, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Elks too in this one here. I'm going to make it three in a row. The reason being is the chainsaw that they used in Ottawa had to be replaced because the carburetor's already fouled up and they can't get that sucker to start. So uh, no, honestly, I think that uh, if you look at talent wise, I think Dylan Mitchell, I think Kevin Brown, I think that, uh, uh, Jared Daggy, I'm not sure how long he'll stick in there for. Uh, but hey, it might be enough of a lesson for one quarter even for Taylor Cornelius to get hot and get wanting to prove himself again. So you never know. I think Cornelius is going to come in at some point in this game and he's going to light it up again. Uh, maybe not for the whole game, but a couple of series anyways. And uh, the defense, I think, is probably a shade better in Edmonton. I uh, I really like their defensive line in Edmonton right now still. Uh but that being said, I still think Edmonton will win this one. Uh, 42 and a half is so low. So low, so low. That was crazy. Like, I couldn't believe that. It's Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go the under. What the heck? Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I look at it and I don't know if either one of these teams could get over 20 points. So, I mean, I, I, that's what I was thinking too. Like, 
But then I also thought, like, how many defensive scores may we maybe get in this with these inexperienced quarterbacks or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or I don't know. Okay, but okay, you, know. you convinced me. Oh, I should go I'm not sure. No, I'll go the over. Okay. Exactly that I'm going the over. Although honestly, it's this one here is so hard to tell. I mean, oh, this, it's watch a this. Or it's gonna be a. It, it, I don't know. They, watch this land. All these things, toilet bowls. Yeah, watch this land twenty-two to twenty or something, and it, it would just screws us all over. Like it just, I don't know. But yeah. and we'll get Mike's picks. I'll bug him in the group chat later tonight. He's not twenty twenty in overtime, and it goes tie or something. That's a push that we both get the we get the no contest boys. <laughs> Actually, no, we would still win. We get Edmonton. We get Edmonton plus because they lost by less than two and a half. So we'd be yeah. Right there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, we're fine there. Yeah. So just one thing here before we go on to the next game, guys, I wanted to bring up because it involves another Owen, oh gosh, three team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, just a quick thought on Chris Edwards. Uh, got a maximum fine today for his push on Austin Mack. Uh, just a quick thought on Chris Edwards. Trey? You want to go first, Trey? I think this was blown out of proportion. Honestly, it's football. Like I said in our group chat, I've seen worse fights in slow pitch. And, like I seen, you know, in Winnipeg. And I just, yeah, was it unclassy? Sure. Was it not the right move? Sure. But I don't know. You teach these guys from a young age to kill, kill, kill on the football field. I don't, I, I mean, was, like again, it was unclassy. Sure. Does he deserve a fine? Sure. But he's not getting cut. He's not getting suspended. Like, I, I think that was just such overkill on social media. Like, yeah, but is this the second thing? Did he do something? He fought, he was the one that fought the fans, right? Yeah. Uh, see, maybe that's the thing too that people he's a repeat offender. If this was an isolated incident, I'd be like, what is this even about? But I don't know. I, I think whatever. Take the fine on the Cleveland. That's kind of my thoughts, Ryan. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is that we've seen behavior like this from Chris Edwards before, right? Like you got a six game suspension for that altercation in the stands. Uh a couple of years ago now so you know now he's uh goes and does this again i think that's a big issue i i think it's more of an issue in the locker room than it is maybe i could you know see a one game suspension for it uh but uh not surprised they didn't as well because i think we've talked about this before how garrett marino only got two games for what he did uh last uh year i think that was yeah last year um but if I'm Hamilton in the locker room, I'm starting to think like as as the losing streak grows, uh, do I want that kind of temper? Uh, do I want that kind of attitude in the locker room? Because that's only going to make it worse. Uh, so I could see I could see reasoning for moving on from Chris Edwards for that. Well, we've seen one player that came from Saskatchewan that all of a sudden lost his discipline a few times after uh, we seen what happened with Garrett Marino, and that's Duke Williams. All of a sudden, you get uh, Chris Edwards doing some bonehead thing like that. And don't get me wrong. Yes, Trey, I understand that it's kill, 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 but within the 60 minutes. You don't do something stupid after a game. There's prayer circles going on. There's guys shaking hands. There's guys with their kids in the field. Don't, no, that that's my limit. I get, I get it. I get it. I get, I get, I get what you're saying. It's, it's a bonehead move. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been disciplined. I just think... Maybe it's the his reputation. Like I said, it just got a little too overboard for me. You're not batting a guy from a league because he shoved a guy after the after the game. 
Like, I, I think that, like, especially if you set the president presidents from the past with Marino and other guys, you, there's no way the PA would allow that, I don't think. Well, the good PA, I don't know about the CFL. Well, I mean, the CFL PA is actually not bad. But you know what I mean? The PA is there to defend these guys even when they do stupid things. So, like, I just can't – I just – what even the max fine? Like, five Gs in the CFL? Yeah, like, I have no idea. They they don't report it according to the CBA. So I know, but like it, I I mean we don't report salary caps, and we know most of those, right? So, our, but I just hardly report that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But I we don't report I just, anything. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I get it. Like I was kind of th- yeah. talking about it. I'm like, I, I just when I was doing the the hockey tournament with Mike, there was two hockey teams of eighteen unders fighting after the game. It's not the classiest thing in the world, but tempered flare for 60 minutes. I, you know, sometimes I want to just take, you know, get in a fight with Mike when him and I are arguing on this podcast. I get it. I'm not going to do it, but I get it, right? We're all guys here. We get it. We're stupid. We fight. I teach my, me and my kids play fight. It, it's dumb, but it, I, I understand the emotion behind it, right? And we don't know. Was the Montreal guy yapping his mouth? Was there something going on? What did he say, you know? I'm not saying it's right, but it's it, it. to me like I, I yeah, to me I think it's a game just because of the repeat offender part and the uh what do you call the fact that that's no like what are you doing, pal? That it, because it was boneheaded and you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. I one game is my opinion. I it wasn't like he went out and did a Garrett Marino and tried to kill the guy or murder the guy or injure the guy till well he hasn't played yet. So I get where they're coming with this, but to me it was one game. But uh, yeah, we got to move on here though to the next game in our uh, in our crew here. Uh, what is our next one? Is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers going to travel down to Montreal for cheap uh, hot dog night? Did you guys see that? Two dollar hot dogs at Percival Bolson Stadium. I was going to ask if they deliver. Uh, <laughs> probably be told no, but anyways. Uh, I don't know why they're doing hot dogs. I mean, you know, Fajara to like corn dogs, I thought. But, yeah. Anyways, I uh, think the biggest thing on this one here for Montreal, uh, can they continue their winning ways? I mean, Cody Fajardo's had a pretty good start to this season. He's gotten Austin Mack open. He's had uh, 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 Julian Grant to open a couple times to get some big plays to him. Uh, overall, he's looked pretty decent this uh, season so far, Fajardo. Uh, what's your thoughts, guys, on the offense of Montreal? And uh, I guess what what are you thinking on that? First of all, the uh, Montreal offense surprisingly decent. You know, surprisingly, like I, I wouldn't put them Toronto, BC, Winnipeg tier, but I thought I thought that would be a drop off. I was I I I was like, I'm actually really surprised between Harris and Fajardo. Like the Trevor Harris and Fajardo, how well they're actually doing in so far with this little switch, or I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I thought, if, again, if I was going to put money on it, I probably would have put them getting benched or cut before Cornelius and before other guys, right? So I, I, I'm impressed by it, and not like again, decent ten and eight kind of year, not you know fifteen and three, nothing, and getting the bye. But I think Montreal can squeak by and. Montreal, Gary uh, Gary Stern seems to be an Argo fan now. That's what he seems to be tweeting about 99% of the time. But anyway, Ryan, what do you think about this uh, Cody Fajardo and Moss? Are they getting along finally or what? 
I don't know. It seems like it seems like they're on the same page here. And this was a team I was pretty concerned about because of the lack of depth at wide receiver. I mean, Eugene Lewis was gone. Jake Winnicky was gone. They bring in Greg Ellingson. He's on the injured list. Uh, the Reggie White was their top receiver remaining. He's on the injured list. And so little did we know that Austin Mack would storm onto the scene and be one of the top receivers in the CFL so far this season. Uh, and so they've got guys like that that have been stepping up there. So, yeah, I've been pleasantly impressed with uh, both this Montreal offense and I think the defense has also done its part in forcing a lot of key turnovers to, uh, uh, you know, help them out here in the special teams too. Didn't Chandler Worthy just have a big kick return touchdown this week? So, you know, Montreal getting some good play out of all facets of their team, but they've also only beaten teams that are 0-2 and 0-3. Uh, so far, this I guess 0 and 2. They've beaten right, they've beaten Hamilton, they've beaten Ottawa. So, is this the real Alouettes? Yeah, that'll be the big question. And I mean, you look at this, I know that the uh, one CFL beat reporter or whatever she is there, uh, Christina Constable, went and put down, Yeah, this Alouettes team looks good, but I want to see them play the uh, the Winnipegs, the BCs, and the Saskatchewans. Not sure why the Saskatchewan's, but okay. Uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, if you're looking at roster uh, injury reports on this one here for the Montreal Alouettes, uh, probably a big name in this one here uh, uh, would be probably uh, Keyshawn Abram. I think he had a few connections last week with Cody Fajardo. He did not practice this week uh, so far. He's got a knee injury of some sort. Another one maybe to keep an eye on is Patrick Davis. I uh, the offensive lineman, he's got a lower leg injury. It says he's been practicing fully, but uh, can't be good when Cody Fajardo's missing offensive lineman. I'm pretty sure I've seen this story before, and it doesn't end well. Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up also quickly with Montreal is the uh, running game on them. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot out of William Standback this year so far. I think Jeshuan Antry probably has just about as many rushing yards as uh, William Standback, is there something to this, or is it the offensive line, or what's going on here with the run game in Montreal, or is it just Jason Moss being Jason Moss? Right? Uh, so just looking at the stats here, because they do release it in PDF form, uh, William Standback, 25 carries, 112 yards through two games so far. He also had like 40-something through the through the air there as well. Uh, in week one so you know decent usage for William Stanback. Um 12 carries a game I think you could use them for a little more than that uh, I don't actually see Jeshua Nantui on the rushing leaders list here so I don't know if he's actually gotten the ball uh, that much so far I think they've been pretty much running it actually with just William Stanback. he's getting the full workload it's just not a huge workload so far in the season so I'd like to see them give him the ball more for sure I agree. I agree. I don't know. It's I just don't know why they don't believe in running the ball in the East, except for maybe Toronto this year. It's just it's just how it goes. And I mean, I don't know. I would hope. I think that they're doing. I think the run game is gonna. You know, I wonder. I wonder when we start getting to a lot more division matchups and some of those more like hard hitting games. Which we've had a few. Maybe we see the run game come out in the East, but I wouldn't hold my breath. 
So I'll move on over to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here. Uh, Trey has specifically told me he will not talk the defense today because he will pull out a white clipboard and tell Richie Hall exactly what he's doing wrong. So in the sake of time, I'm just going to bring up the offensive line for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, I know Ryan talked about it on the drive home on the call-in show uh, a little bit. Seven sacks given up by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Boy, that's been a long time since that's happened. Uh, a little bit of thoughts on the uh, sacks given up by the Bombers uh, last week. And uh, is this a, hopefully this isn't a trend for things to come, Ryan. Yeah, it is a little bit concerning to see them give up seven sacks. I think we've seen a couple of games here and there over the years where it's, there's so much talent on the offensive line, but they are getting older and you have some pieces that are you know getting a little bit nicked up here and there. And we've seen them have those games where, you know, they're not helping Zach Caleros out that much. I think, honestly, Caleros doesn't get sacked that much because, while he's not a mobile quarterback, so to say, in terms of a guy that's going to take the ball down and run with it. I think he's one of the best at escaping pressure in the CFL. So I think he himself avoids a lot of the sacks a lot of the times with those rollouts. And credit last week to, you know, the BC Lions just got to him and didn't give him the opportunity to do so. So I think that played into it as, as well uh, last week, and we'll see what Montreal can do to him. Trey, uh, you want to get the whiteboard out and show Buck Pierce how to do a proper block? I mean, Richard's asking for the whiteboard. It's way over there. I'm not going to go grab it. I mean, I, I I think it's just the age catching up with this offensive line, right? We got we have a Hall of Famers and Bryant and, and um, Hardrick and a couple of the other guys, like, you know, I'm not Hall of Famers, at least Winnipeg Hall of Famers or, you know, things like guys that are known. But I think the age is just catching up to them right now. And we got a team that has a really good defense and we saw them win. And also because the defense on the other side wasn't doing too good, it just got lopsided. Like I, I, if I hear Ben don't break one more time, I'm going to snap my phone. Like it's just, I, like I, I, the biggest thing that annoys me, I get that the field is like 30,000 times bigger than an NFL field, but when guys are wide open, that should not happen. You have one more guy. I said I wasn't going to do this. You should have one more guy in coverage than the receivers out there. Not more than that. There should never be a guy wide open. You need to make receivers catch in traffic. Make, make, hey, I'm not mad if there's a big bomb, a one on one ball or you throw that slant up the middle and the guy catches it while taking a hit from Big Hill. I'm not getting mad at that. It's when guys are wide open in the flat. I don't get it. But anyway, offensive line, I think it's age. Sorry. I said I wouldn't do it, and Richard hyped me up. <laughs> you might have to start a new show after this over on our Discord channel called After Hours with Trey because I think there's a lot of people that want to see the whiteboard. I, I, I don't profess to be a coaching genius, but I played – 25 years of Madden. I played four years of high school football. I watch the NFL on the regular. I watch NFL on the regular. I'm not saying that I'm Chris Jones or Belichick, but I, I just don't understand how guys could be so wide open. And like, it just, I, I just feel like I could do better in my flip flops and a beer in my hand. And I just, I might be able to, I don't know. I don't know. 
Honestly, I'd probably say that would make good Discord content after hours uh, with Trey, with him just in a pair of shorts and uh, pointing out a trade on a whiteboard. But uh, nevertheless, if you want to know some injuries, though, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that you may want to keep an eye out for, uh, Brady Oliveira, uh, thorax injury. He's had that now for two weeks. Uh, he did play last week. Uh, this week he has not practiced yet. So just kind of keep an eye on that one. He might still play, but very hard to say on that. Uh, Dalton Schoen also had a hip uh, injury. Uh, he didn't practice on Tuesday. He did practice so fully on Wednesday. So I can't see them missing uh, Dalton Schoen this week. Uh, the other one also that's back is Demario Houston. He'll be playing this week. He's back from his non-injury related well, injury. Um, and same thing also, which is kind of a different one. Adam Big Hill is off this week, uh, which is not injury related. I'm sure probably it's Saskatchewan. They're probably figuring out that this is a conspiracy theory to go and uh, uh, play with the salary cap or something like that. But you never know. It's it's Saskatchewan. We have all sorts of conspiracy theories about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So with that being said, is Dalton Schoen or Brady Oliveira going to make the fantasy list this week, uh, Ryan? No, the answer is no. Uh, you know, first of all, Brady Oliveira, yeah, he hasn't practiced the last two days, but he was doubtful to play that game last week against BC, and then they gave the ball to him the entire first drive, and he looked as good as ever. Uh, not much the rest of the game, though, but it seemed like, uh, oh, yeah, no, he's, he's actually fine. This injury's not an issue. So I would still expect him to play this week unless it's gotten worse. I don't have anybody on the Bombers' side in my fantasy players to watch on this game, and it's not for a lack of talent. It's for a, a lack of value uh, for the prices they're at. I mean, Oliveira's at 15000 Caleros is at 15000 Half their receivers are $13,000 or more. And, you know, trying to gauge what's a good price total to cut into, or what's a good point total to strive for in fantasy to kind of finish top 100 on the week you got to aim for roughly 130 points with your $70,000 cap. That means, you know, trying to get a guy that scores anywhere between 1.85 to two points for every thousand dollars you spend. That means you need these guys to start putting up 20 point weeks, uh, 20 to 25 point weeks to be worth the value. And somebody in that group is going to, uh, for sure. I'm, uh, you know, I would bank on that, that somebody is going to have a big game. The problem is you don't know who. You don't know whether it's going to be Dalton Schoen. You don't know whether it's going to be Nick Dembski. You don't know if Rasheed Bailey's going to have himself a good game there, Brady Oliveira. And if you're wrong on the which one it is, it's a costly mistake to spend that much money on a guy who doesn't pay. So I, I'm not looking at any of them in fantasy this week, frankly, on the Winnipeg side of things. Uh, but I do have three options I really like for the Alouettes here, and it's the same three I've been mentioning so far through their first two games. Austin Mack is somehow still only $6,800, which is a huge bargain for Cody Fajardo's top target. Uh, he's averaged 100 yards a game and picked up two touchdowns last week. So week one, I, I thought maybe it was a, you know a fluke or not a fluke, but not something to be consistently bank on. He looked just as good in, in week number three after the bye week. So I like him again at the price there. Uh, I also like Kyle Julian Grant at 8,800. Uh, he's seemingly the number two receiver behind Austin Mack and put up 15.4 points last week. And, you know, I would imagine Mack is going to have a high percentage selection right this week. Everybody's going to jump on him after the big game last week. 
But if you're trying to stray away from the norm, but stick with that Montreal offense a little bit and hope that Julian Grant has the higher the scoring week, uh, I, I think that's a viable strategy to have there as well to you know get set, bank on separating yourself from the pack potentially in that category. Uh, and quarterback Cody Fajardo. I mean, he put up the highest fantasy total in the CFL last week. I'm very happy I named him my captain against the Ticats. Trey's got the whiteboard out telling us how to uh, fix that Bombers defense. Sorry, Trey, I don't know if Richie Hall is watching this show right now, which means uh, could we see the same this week? Given up their fair share of yards, they've given up their fair share of touchdowns. Fajardo's got rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games, which helps your fantasy total there. Uh, He's expensive, but a lot of options are cheap this week, so... Uh, yeah, give me Cody Fajardo as a player to watch in fantasy in this game. Those are the three I've got my eyes on. Uh, Trey, let's go to you first. Anybody catch your eye? Um, I'll have to say, too, you have to know, remember, Fajardo knows the Blue Bombers, right? Like, it's really, he's played them a few times over the last few years. So if anyone's going to – oh, he's talking to Fajardo right now. There it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> he's like, you guys better stop talking about me, Richie Hall calling uh, Adam. But uh, I think that – Fajardo, I, I don't have him in there, but that's actually a smart play, I guess, with the with how much he maybe knows and his production. I do have Mac, like you said, on Montreal, and because I have my savings, I I'm gonna keep riding Dalton Show. I think that I think it's gonna be worth that one game that maybe he gets back to where he was last year. He's a, he's not quite worth what he is, but he's also covered. Other teams have no problem covering receivers, it seems like, but you know, whatever. Uh, I'll go with that. And I'm staying away from the Blue Bombers, Ben, not break defense. Otherwise, I'm going to smash something on that Saturday. He's on Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday. So long as it's not the whiteboard, Trey. Uh, nevertheless, I've got on my fantasy list, uh, let's put it this way. I've got a lot of savings right now. I've got Tuggle. He's cheap. I've got Dylan Mitchell. He's cheap, which he shouldn't be, but he is. I'm going to put Austin Mack on my roster. He's cheap. So I've got three cheap guys right off the bat. So I could spend a little bit of money. And I was going to put Dalton Schoen on my list, but because of the injury little thing there with the hip, and I'm starting to get a little nervous, I put Nick Dembski on my list. He's had big games against the Winnipeg or against the Montreal Alouettes in the past. I had to go and really hunt down some stats to find some. Thanks, CFL. Anyways, uh, Nick Dembski's always had a pretty good series game, even when he was with the Riders against Montreal. So I'm going to take Dembski. And uh, I'm taking Austin Mack. I wanted to take Cody Fajardo so bad, but I remember last year when he hurt my heart so much, and I just can't do it yet. Head to head, I'll do it, but not not on uh, fantasy on the uh, game. So, yeah. Quick question: Do we know if Prukop's in this week for the Blue Bombers? I imagine. I imagine play. Okay. Well, you're, allowed three, you're allowed three quarterbacks now, so I can't see why not. You have to have three quarterbacks. We might dress. I was just wondering if you would play only being signed, what, yesterday? I mean, it won't take him long to learn the playbook. No, so. that's fair. And he did play in the NFL. <laughs> he is in someone's game. No, I was just curious because you know me and how much I like my third-string quarterbacks on my fantasy team, so that just crossed my mind. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't officially say that. But maybe a change happens Saturday. We'll see. Anyway, betting. It's on to me, right? Yep. Sure. We'll go with this. Minus six, Winnipeg rolls into 
the stadium with the weird little diagonals on the end zones, which I hate, but that's okay uh, because of the racetrack. Montreal plus six over under 48. I am going to do something crazy. Whack the doodle. I'm taking Montreal plus six. I, um, yeah, I, you know what? This might be one of those deep psychological things like Mike, where we said in the past, not take the team that I want to win. But I just think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. This is kind of smells a trap game a little bit where, Maybe Winnipeg's ego got bruised, and it can go one of two ways: where they steamroll Montreal, and I'll hey, I'll take the loss on that one because my team won, or Montreal comes in saying, "Hey, we just watched what uh, BC spanked these guys. Uh, maybe we'll try our luck." So I'll go with that. Over under forty eight. I'll go with the over. Adam, what do you think, buddy? Well, uh, first question I got is Winnipeg on buy next week. I think BC is on by next week. No, uh, I could be wrong on that. Let me double check. Yeah, I got to know on that because uh, last time Montreal played Winnipeg on a, when it was bye week next week, <laughs> Trey might have a point on winning this uh, winning this uh, guess on this one. Uh, no, I'm going with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They just had a terrible game against the BC Lions. Michael Shea is going to have those guys jumping out through walls uh, of the plane trying to get into Montreal to beat them. I know it's Montreal. I know it's fun times. And I know it's a Toonie hot dog night. By the way, anybody going to that game, let me know what the hot dogs are like for a Toonie. I really want to know. Uh, but nevertheless, no, Winnipeg's going to win this one. And I think they're going to do it rather easily uh, because they're going to beat them by more than a touchdown. Uh, the over-under, though, that's a tough one because that's 24 aside. Uh, no, I'm going to go on the over on this one, too. Uh, just because I think Winnipeg's going to have a big game. And Montreal has the guns, I think, actually to keep up with them. I just think that the Montreal defense will be on the field just a little bit more than Winnipeg's, and that could be the end of uh, the Alouettes for this one. Uh, it's Aren't Toronto they? with the bye next week. They get their second bye of the season in week five. Ah, so Winnipeg it. doesn't play a bye. They'll definitely win this one. I hate this schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Uh, I, I think I think I'm going with Montreal on this one plus six as well. I think I'll take the Bombers probably to still win, or I, I'm leaning in terms in that direction in terms of pick them. But uh, with the spread, I'll, I'll take the chance on Montreal here because Winnipeg and Montreal play weird football games. They always do. Uh, you have that crazy one, which is a favorite, one of the best moments i've ever seen live uh i want to say 2018 when the bombers came back from 13 points down with a minute and a half left in the game uh and then you have that wacky one last season where uh the bombers missed the kick or it hits the upright and then it goes to overtime and then they missed the kick and that's the only home loss they had there their game in montreal last season they only won by five as well so these teams play weird football games. I can think of other ones where the Alouettes have come back to win from a deficit against them. Uh, that's all. I, yeah, I, I think I'm with you, Adam, that I don't see Mike O'Shea's team dropping a dud two weeks in a row. But I'm also starting to believe in this Alouettes team a little bit to the point where even if Winnipeg doesn't drop a dud, I think it'll be a close game. So I'll take that. And yeah, over under 
I'm always inclined to want to say over because like 24-24 is 48 points, right? That's not a huge total there. So, yeah, I'll take the over on this. I think these teams are going to get it. I think Winnipeg gets back on track offensively, which should put it in that category. Uh, Richard over in the chat says, if Costco can sell the uh, hot dogs for two bucks, why can't the Alouettes? Because Costco got it made, man. You go ever have a Costco hot dog. That's where it's at. These are probably just from Costco. They probably just have, do you think they have somebody just like standing at the terminal there ordering like a million hot dogs and rushing them over to the stadium? Right beside Costco, there's a, the Percival Wilson Stadium put up a Costco right beside it so they can, yeah, right. Um, That and also probably get more hot dog talk if you follow us after hours on our, no, I'm kidding, we're not doing that yet, but never know, one day. Um, Oh, hot dog talk, hey. Hot dog talk. Hey, it's important things to talk about after hours, uh, for sure. Uh, nevertheless, I think we got to go to our last game of the week, which, yeah, there's only three this week. Uh, it's the uh, BC Lions going all the way to the Hogtown in Toronto. Take on the uh, Argonauts. Uh, that will be a East versus West showdown for first place in the league. Uh, Argonauts are coming off a big victory over Edmonton. BC's coming off just a very impressive victory over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, guys, I'm looking at this one here and saying, gee, BC, I don't know. That that team looked really good last week. Uh, Vernon Adams, I wanted to talk a little bit about him. He's had that stigma for a while. I mean, we had uh, Derek Taylor on here at one time telling us that good Vernon, bad, bad Vernon, and it seems to always go back and forth. I think good Vernon, is he here to stay? What do you think, Trey? I just want to say I never clicked that in, so I, maybe I should tweet at him and say, hey, remember when you were on our podcast and we got in that debate about Vernon Adams? How does he look now? But maybe I'll wait till Monday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I think we got good at him. I think we got good at him right now. I mean, it can, I mean, this is football. I guess anything can change on a dime, right? But I, I think that maybe, like I, I said this a few times, maybe Rourke, going south flight of a blessing in the skies you had salary to go elsewhere because i mean if you keep rourke you also did have va so you're paying both of them you have the cap for whitehead and and katoy and their defense and their offensive line where they just added michael couture right like maybe they didn't have that money if nathan Rourke stayed up here for half a million six hundred thousand right like so i think va is doing great he's got the talent the talented pieces around him they have an old line that's amazingly like it's hard even at the age that they're at it's hard to keep winnipeg's line at bay with you know jefferson who's got you know uh he's got ping pong or tennis rackets his hands knocking balls down right you got you know jake thomas and then those guys there unreal line even the new guys have been pretty impressive I-, I think bc and everything this offense is doing is tough but i'm you know you know how high i'm on toronto though I'm trying to keep convince my head any possible way to take Toronto when we get to that part, Ryan. Yeah, I've been impressed with VA so far. You know, in the past, it was big play VA. Last season was game manager VA when he came over to BC, and now we get a little bit of something in between. Uh, 73% completion rate for him so far, which is uh well outside of outside of uh Jarrett Daggy I guess is the starter with the highest completion rate because he only threw 9 11 attempts last game when he came in but uh among actual starters so far he's just behind Fajardo with the highest rate in the league uh Vernon Adams he's made smart passes he's made 
good passes, five touchdowns, two interceptions so far for him. Second in the league in yardage, right behind Trevor Harris there. Uh, I'm impressed with what VA has done, and he's done it with he missed Lucky Whitehead one week. He missed Dominic Rimes the other week. He's missed Keon Hatcher for two so far. He's uh, managed to do this with guys like Alexander Hollins and Justin McInnes being two of his leading receivers. So, uh, you know, credit to VA, full credit to offensive coordinator Jordan Maximick as well. I, I think he's the best offensive coordinator in the league. He did it with Rourke. He's doing it with VA. Uh, a lot of the credit needs to go to him. You know, you guys both brought up a real interesting fact, though. You look at both of these teams here. Both of them don't have an expensive quarterback on their roster, right? I mean, you look at what Hamilton did. They brought in the Bo Levi Mitchell. Paid a pile for Bo Levi Mitchell, and they're kind of average at best. And that's putting it nicely. Uh, You look at a team like Edmonton. They paid Taylor Cornelius a pretty good amount of money. There ain't much there. Same with Calgary, Jake Mayer. I don't want to talk about that because he was my pick this year. Uh, Nevertheless... You look at these teams that are not paying a pile of money for their quarterbacks. Uh, Cody Fajardo is probably more on a prove me deal, I would imagine, with Montreal Alouettes. Uh, uh, Chad Kelly, we all know the situation there. He's the backup. He's still getting backup money playing for Toronto and BC. I mean, this is the second year that they've done this. Uh, first, it was Nathan Rourke not making a whole pile of money. And now it's uh, Vernon Adams. And they seem to have great success with this. And if you're looking at injury front on this, uh, Richard in the chat, you put out a good point. BC had 11 days between this game and their last one. It's like a buy and gives their coordinators that long of a game plan to plan, but also it helps their injury front. Uh, Keon Hatcher will be back from injury by the sounds of it. He's practicing with the team. He's also got Dominic Rhymes coming back. He's going to be with the team this week. Uh, suddenly the BC Lions look rested, poised and ready to make maybe a little bit of a run here. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts, I uh, guess, on the uh, uh, the guys coming back there that I talked about, uh, Hatcher and Rhymes? I mean, they've got a plethora of options in BC, don't they? Oh, yeah. There's uh, there's too many to choose from there. You look at a guy like Hollins or a guy like McInnes who have looked good and it was nice to see them get an opportunity. Well, how do they fit into that now, right? Like, you got to give the targets back to Rhymes. You got to get Keon Hatcher involved. Now, all of a sudden, what does Alexander Hollins drop back to the fourth receiver after last week? It was him and VA all night long, right? Like he ate the Bombers' defense for dinner, uh, especially on a on a scoring drive in that second quarter. So, it's not a bad thing to have for a team. To have that much depth, so I'll say that for sure. Trey, sorry, yeah, I muted myself. Yeah, I agree. It's like I said, I'm trying my best to do everything I can to take Toronto in this one, but I don't think I can. And it, it's you know, if the line was any bigger, maybe with the cover, but yeah, it's this. This could easily be a field. Goal. Like it depends on how it goes, right? Like if Toronto. If Olette and Harris just get going and the one team in the East that seems to run a little bit controls, but I mean, BC could turn around and do it themselves. Right. So, and they have a lot of options with Whitehead and the other speed they have. It's, I don't know. I think, I think the BC is looking really good to win this one and solidify themselves as, you know, easily the number one team in the league after four weeks. Right. Yeah. And the other thing also to keep in mind that I like on both of these teams, 
and I don't know if Ryan will be talking about it right away in fantasy. I'm probably sure he might. Uh, the running game on both of these teams. Uh, you look over at the Toronto sideline. Well, you know what you got there is A.J. Ouellette, who just had a huge game against the Edmonton Elks and wouldn't save stay on my roster, even though I tried to make him stay on my roster. Okay, I'll get over that. Uh, nevertheless, A.J. Ouellette and Andrew Harris, I mean, that's a good running combination that's probably rivaling Calgary, I would think, for best uh, running back duo in the league. Uh, even better right now than Calgary just because of the injury uh, over to Kadeem Carey. But over on the Winnipeg sideline, or on the Winnipeg, on the BC sideline, I mean, Mizzle has looked very good this season as well. Uh, the one neat stat, though, that I wanted to bring up here for you guys was the offensive line of the BC Lions. And this is going to be a big battle this week. Uh, that you may not have thought of. Uh, the offensive line of the BC Lions, anybody want to know how many sacks Vernon Adams has had so far this season? Against? I have my stats open, so it's four. <laughs> Vernon Adams? Oh. No, Vernon Adams. Had against him, like hit. Yeah, okay, it says on the stats he's had four sacks, doesn't it? That sounds about right to me. Let me take a BC's look. He's allowed because... four sacks. The CFL literally just made a post here. Uh, what do you call it? Oh. oh, sorry. That was in week three. Last week, not a single sack for Vernon Adams. Oh, okay. Because I was like on the league stats. It says they, or was that just week three stats? Just week three stats, yeah. Oh, see, I thought that was total stats. That's not bad. The, the stats PDF I sent you guys earlier is for total stats through three weeks. Oh, is it total stats? Yeah, it says yeah. four sacks allowed against BC. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right to me. Okay, yeah. I was like, you guys are making me okay. lose my mind. Nevertheless, CFL <laughs> sent out something here and it was like zero sacks allowed, and I was like, what? Nevertheless, it must have been for last week. I guess they didn't let one against the B uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which I don't think do I need to remind you of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense? Yeah. I mean, so you look at this battle here coming up here in Toronto. I mean, they've got a depth of linebackers to use against Vernon Adams. They've got a defensive line that's pretty darn scary. And it's going to be a big battle against that offensive line versus the defense to see who uh, who wins out in that one. Uh, Ryan, any comments on either the Toronto defense or on BC's offensive line? Yeah, I mean, BC's offensive line has done real good this year. They lost some big pieces in the offseason, so I thought maybe they would take a bit of a step back, but I think they've done good, and I think Toronto's got a pretty stellar defense of their own right there. So I'm, I'm excited for the battle in the trenches just as much as you are. No, I agree. I'm going to flip it around the other way. Toronto's only given up one sack. They played one less week, of course, but, you know, that's pretty impressive too. And I mean, Chad Kelly has just been impressive leaving the pocket, moving around, doing whatever he's got to do to uh, to avoid getting sacked as well. Uh, I think I'm going to switch over to fantasy here because, uh, yeah, there's this game here is probably going to be a doozy for uh, some players to watch, I would think. Right, Ryan? Yeah, I just want to touch on, and this is going to lead into fantasy a little bit here as well, on Chad Kelly because you mentioned he's looked good so far through two games. This is the test. For, for Kelly so far. He has played the Edmonton Elks and the Hamilton Tiger Cats too. I'm sorry, folks. Awful football teams. Uh, the Ticats defense and the Elks defense both, you know, haven't been great. And Kelly's looked good uh, in those. He hasn't lit it up with a 300-yard passing game, but, you know, respectable. Uh, he hasn't hurt the team, certainly, and he does have that running ability. 
But now he faces a Lions defense that on average through three weeks has only given up an average of 160 passing yards a game, uh, which is incredible through three weeks so far. So I I think this is going to be a real true tough test for Chad Kelly. And that's why as impressed as I have been with him so far this season, he doesn't end up in the fantasy players to watch for me this week because I'm staying away from him against that BC defense a little bit. Speaking of the Lions defense, uh, I do have them in the fantasy players to watch and they are my top defense pick this week. Uh, They put up 15 points and 16 points in their last two games, which is huge for a defense. Uh, including holding the Bombers to six points and seven sacks, like you mentioned already, Adam. Uh, And like I said, they're still facing a somewhat unproven quarterback in Chad Kelly. Like I said, he's looked good so far, but against two teams that haven't looked great. And that's what his second and third start in the CFL so far. So uh, I think he can make mistakes. He threw a pick six against the Elks last week. I could see him throwing a couple turnovers against this Lions defense here also. Uh, so defenses aren't going to hit that two points per thousand dollar value probably, but I think the lions have the ability to put up the best defensive total on the week. Um, so I like the lions defense this week. I like the running backs on both sides of the ball in this one, uh, AJ Olette for Toronto. Uh, he's averaging 15 and a half carries per game, which is a pretty solid number, even with Andrew Harris there. That was something last year, like he became a good fantasy player down the stretch because of his receiving ability, but he didn't get the carries. Now he's getting the carries, hasn't really caught that many passes yet, but we know he has that ability to do so uh, from what we saw last year. And if BC's defense has a weak point, I guess it's the run game, the run defense, like their passing defense is so strong, maybe you do need to lean on a guy like Olette to open it up. Put up three touchdowns last week. That's not sustainable. It's not going to happen again this time, I would imagine. But nice to see him getting those goal line looks as well, because that was one of my biggest trepidations with going that route in fantasy. But so I'm all in on AJ Olette for this week. Uh, Tequan Mazel on the other side of the ball, his price has risen. Uh, so it's getting a little bit out of the price range there. But uh, And only five points last week for him, which was a bit disappointing. But he's averaged six and a half yards per carry so far this season. I still think he's one of the better running back options because he doesn't split the workload with anybody else. He is the only running back there uh, in BC uh, on the active day, game day roster. So yeah, I think those are two of the better running back options of the week. A couple of receivers in this game I like as well. I'm sticking with Cam Phillips as a recommendation for the third game in a row here. I feel like everybody's going to flock to David Unger after he had a long touchdown last week and put up, uh, what, 15, 16 points. I think Dejon Brissett did as well. Uh, but those guys, I think, are going to rotate in and out of that Canadian spot if Curly Gittins Jr. is back and ready to go this week from injury. So I'm going to stick with Cam Phillips. He's only $3,700. He should still get a starting role. And he was one of the top five value plays in fantasy last week at his price at that point when he put up 8.1 points. So uh, I, I like to bank on that value there again. And speaking of value, if you can call it a value play, I don't know. But Keon Hatcher for the Lions, if he is back from injury, is only $9,900, which for a guy who put up a 1,000-yard season last year is a pretty low price. 
It's a little bit scary because you don't know what his workload is going to be in his first week back, but I think it is a guy that I would potentially recommend uh, taking. Uh, I think Hollins is too high in price now with all these other guys back from injury, uh, and I like taking a chance on the lower-priced option among the top receivers in BC. Those are my fantasy players to watch for Toronto and BC. Uh, Trey, who you got? Uh, yeah, I went with uh, Phillips as well to try to save some money. But it was tough to go against. Where's my stats here? With one less game played, the leading rushing touchdown leader, A.J. Olette. It's hard to go against him. Oh, and by the way, I took the quarterback to Chad Kelly, who's tied for leading rushing touchdowns. And like I said, only playing two games. So, yeah. Like I said, I'm going to keep riding that Chad Kelly is the number one quarterback in the league until they prove me wrong. So, Sorry, Rich. I don't think he's going to get scraped off the field. I think maybe BC will win. I still haven't fully decided, so take your time talking fantasy, Adam. But uh, I think it'll be close. Adam, what do you yeah, like? Yeah, it might be pretty close this game, too. I'm going to look at that after. But uh, right at the moment, I think that I'm – well, I'm going to be hoping for Chad Kelly to get scraped off the turf because I'm taking the BC Lions defense. Uh, I think that they probably are the stronger defense. I think their secondary is a little bit better. And uh, I just don't know if that offensive line had some injuries at the beginning of the year for the Argonauts. I wonder if they're quite 100% or not. Uh, so give me the uh, BC Lions defense. And also I took one more BC Lion, and I haven't taken him for a very long time. That's the quarterback, Vernon Adams Jr. I'm going to try him out. Uh, again, if I got to pay 15000 for Fajardo, I'll pay fifteen for Vernon Adams and say that he's going to have a good game. Uh, he's done nothing wrong. He can't seem to do no wrong this year. He's had some pretty good games. He'll have another one, I hope, against Toronto. But uh, I don't think their defense is going to stop A.J. Ouellette for the whole game. So I'm going to take A.J. Ouellette as well. I'm going pretty strong in this game. I don't know why I'm taking Ouellette, uh, mainly because I didn't pick him last week. and I'm still annoyed about that probably more than anything. But <laughs> nevertheless, I think A.J. Ouellette will have another good game. Uh, that running game in Toronto has been very good so far. So let me go and take AJ Lett as well. All right. That's the fantasy picks sorry. in this game. Over to betting, Trey. Yeah. Sorry. I zoned out there. Uh, betting minus. What did I have it here? Uh, minus. Sorry, guys. I was messing around here. Minus two and a half. BC, the road favorites. Toronto plus two and a half. Over under 47 and a half. Oh, this one's on Monday, too, so we do have the one hour before kickoff rule because I probably am going to change this a couple times, right? But I'll go Toronto. I'll go Toronto plus two and a half. It might, I'll probably change it, but I just – shoot. <laughs> How many bad words am I allowed to say on this? Is it one of those, like, the movie thing? I could say three before to keep it PG. Um, I'll take the we over 100%. Have- Trey, we don't have angry elk like some of the other uh, podcasts. Yeah, or you think I edit this thing? You think I'm going to edit those and bleep them out now? So no, it's it's the way it stands. Over 47 and a half. This one's haunted me. This one's haunted me all week. I was hoping the line spread. I was hoping a lot of people took BC and maybe grew it a little bit, but it seems actually a lot of people were. Pretty even. I think I checked the pick them. It was pretty close to 50-50 in this game. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll take B. I'll take Toronto. I'll take Toronto right now. Um, Ryan, <laughs> whatever. Man. You just tell me. 
I see. Originally, I was leaning towards Toronto on this one as well because BC. I feel like on the road out we out out west west east east. There we go. West. Yeah, one division. West. The west. We need a west. BC on the road out east, I feel like they they often struggle with that. But I think somebody in the chat earlier mentioned that, you know, BC has 11 days. Yeah, Richard mentioned 11 days between this game and their last game. So they have a lot of time to prep in between and get ready for that. Um, I think they're more proven at quarterback than, than Kelly is. Uh, I think VA is there. I think the defense for BC has just been incredible so far. I wonder if they can do it again against Toronto this week. They did it to Winnipeg last week, but I got to take the I think I'll take the Lions to win this one on the road here. Also means I differ from Trey, so maybe I can get ahead of him in the standings there unless he switches his pick, in which case then it will be known that Trey's following me if we get it right. Uh, so I like that as well. Uh, points total, 47.5. See, Toronto averages... 37 and a half points a game themselves, but BC only gives up an average of seven. One of those has to change. I would imagine in this football game, uh, I think the offenses are both pretty good on this one, but they're also both pretty good defenses. I've gone over on the other two games already this week, I think. Right. So give me one under game a week. and I'm going to say this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think we agreed on everything so far, right? And then this one we disagreed on both, right? So this will be a deciding factor. Adam, you're the tiebreaker. Watch, you're going to agree with one of us and go with the other one, aren't you? Absolutely. Just a miss with all you. I don't know yet here. Let's see. Um, first things first, I uh, I think Rick Campbell, as the new defensive coordinator as well, uh, will be throwing some pretty exotic looks over at Chad Kelly. So to me, I like the BC Lions in this one for that reason. Uh, just because I don't think Chad Kelly has mo as much experience as Rick Campbell does in uh, throwing some weird defenses at people. So I, he's done a good job so far. The BC Lions defenses look pretty stacked. Uh, the Toronto defenses look pretty stacked. So this is going to be a battle of defenses as far as I'm concerned. And um, there is going to be a pretty good offense on the field as well for both teams. So <laughs> it's going to be just a fun game. That's all I can say about this one. But uh, no, I'm going to go with the BC Lions. Uh, to win this one. And I'm going to go on the under on this one because I think for the first half, it's going to be a, just a struggle uh, because I think both teams are going to have to try to feel each other out for a while. And the second half might, it might be exactly like the Ryder game last week. It might be where the second half, it just explodes. Although I just don't think so in this one. I think that BC is going to make some adjustments and Chad Kelly is going to be down for the count and that's going to be the end of it. So BC and I'll take the under. If that happens again with the second half explosion, I'm never taking the under again. Um, by the way, uh, you mentioned Rick Campbell. Uh, it's Ryan Phillips, the defensive coordinator. Rick Campbell's the head coach. <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those days. What can I say? Uh, and Richard, yeah, sorry, 79% Manitoba education system. That is close to 50-50, man. If you if you ever went to school and went up in Manitoba, man, you'd know 79%. That's close to 50 Hey, Trey, you just got a paper. This is an educated guess from you now. Uh, it's not a math one, man. I I, I stay away from math. <laughs> Still educated-ish. All, all my gambling does all the calculations for me, man. Who needs it? 
Uh, one of the things one of you mentioned that this game was on a Monday as well. This is a weird week from a fantasy perspective, and this game plays into that also, right? Where we've got one game Friday, one game Saturday, one game Ooh. Monday. So we're not getting depth charts out really until like way and final injury reports until after those other games have played. Uh, so keep that in mind with fantasy options as well, I guess. So don't lock yourself into a problem where you get to Monday and uh, your roster options are limited uh as well just based on the weird week setup although i guess all the weeks so far have been kind of like that with no double headers there can i just one point on this game i think it's an absolute shame it's on monday i i think like i get the whole if you need time they had two sock they had a soccer game earlier like yesterday canada and somebody and then they have the tfc game on saturday so i understand the whole whatever but oh man could you imagine sunday at three or four you know, like prime time. There's no major golf tournament on this weekend that I could think of. There's nothing, you know, there's baseball, but there's no hockey, basketball. Like that would have been prime time, wouldn't it have been, guys? Even Sunday night, like, you know, that's so a shame that it has to be Monday. But, you know, it sucks that uh, Toronto, the Argos get second fiddle, kind of. They always do, sadly. They always I was do. actually surprised. My, my buddy was at the Canada game. 13,000 is his estimate. And there were 17,000 at the Argos home opener. But TFC does regularly sell that place out. So, I mean, okay. Okay. But, and it was also some no-name Caribbean team that I can't think of. So, it's not like it was Canada, U.S. If 13,000 showed up for that, that would be pretty, pretty sad. Right. Anyway. Well, that's... Let's wrap things up by taking a look at our CFL Fantasy League matchups and results here as well. First of all, in the CFC Draft League, our season-long league, led off by that Fantasy Draft preseason. I did put up the highest score of the week with 104.8 points this past week. Uh, I see you mocking me there, Trey. Uh, Great performances across the board. Whole team, even Malik Henry, tore his ACL, still put up 19 points before doing so. One last hurrah before I dropped him from the roster. Uh, but you had the second highest score of the week, Trey, uh, with 82 points, led by one AJ Olette was your big point scorer there. And Mark Leggio with 11 points in the kicking game. <laughs> That's why I dropped Perez, boys. <laughs> I couldn't drop Leggio. Uh, a lot of field goal opportunities when he got slowly by Mitchell out there, not hitting a pass. Uh, Adam, you had 60.2 points on the week. Cody Fajardo had nearly half of that. Uh, any comments from you on your week? Yeah. Why did I let go of Alexander Holland again? <laughs> yeah, now I'm just tempted to pick up anybody you drop, uh, really. And uh, Mike had himself a rough week with 56 points. Austin Mack being half of his point total pretty much there. Uh, a couple of bombers in his lineup uh, not faring too well. Uh, in this past week. So overall on the season, uh, I am in first place. Mike is in second, but Trey, you are just 12 points behind him. Adam, you got some catching up to do, but you did make some great roster moves this week. Adam opening the wallet a little bit there, bringing in Trevor Harris, Trey Odoms, Dukes, Boris Beatty, uh, among others. So we'll see if that plays a role in uh, upcoming uh, fantasy weeks. Guys, yeah, I did it. Forgot, I dropped. You forgot, yeah, yeah, you forgot one there. Reddy Paredes is also now part of Team Adam. Immediately after Trey dropped him, yep. Exactly. 
And I have officially dropped my first round pick, Taylor Cornelius, because that did not work out well. And uh, Jarrett Nagy is part of a team, Ryan, going forward, as well as Cole Tucker, uh, because Malik Henry is out. So I'm hoping he gets some reps there from the Sam Peters. Uh, a couple of other moves made around the league as well. Mike dropping Bowie by Mitchell to pick up Tyree Adams uh, was the major addition there. Uh, in the, uh, what is this, CFL Podcast Fantasy League, three of us. He dropped Bo. He dropped Bo. Is, he, is, is he dressed or is he injured reserve? He's six-game injured list. Huh. Oh, okay. Nice to know. I can't believe nobody picked up Matthew Schultz. Um, Trey picked him up last I have week. Him. Oh, you got him last week. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Trey jumped the gun on that one. Uh, I, got in on it first. I knew it was coming, but... Yeah, there we go. Uh, in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, we're playing alongside a number of other podcasters there as well. Uh, my good week continued. I put up the highest score of the week. I did beat Zach from Bonfire Sports to pick up a win that in that game. Uh, Trey, you beat Joe from Rouge, White, and Blue. You picked up a win this week as well. Adam, you lost to the defending champ, super fan Mike. Uh, I'll save you the misery of talking about that one. Uh, <laughs> darn save button. If only you, you still, I don't think you would have won anyways if you put AJ Oled in the lineup. No, I, I added it up because Mizzle off of it and uh, AJ Oled on it would have made enough. I would have been up by one point. Are you sure? Maybe yep. things have changed. Okay. I've counted it out a few times now. I would have been up by one point on Superfan Mike. Wow. And, yeah, this close. This close. Good to know, folks. There is a save button, and you should click it when you edit your lineups. Uh, and we'll see if Adam has learned that this week when he faces the X's and Argos crew uh, in fantasy this week. Uh, Trey, you've got uh, Steph from Go Stamps Go. And I am facing uh, Joe from Rouge, White, and Blue. So uh, make sure you check out all those other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Uh, there for all of those in the CFC Discord League, head to head league there uh, this past week. I beat Adam. Uh, you wouldn't have caught me, anyways, if you in that one. I just crushed you. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, Mike did lose to Discord user FM Fan 2014, and Trey, you lost to Discord user Josh M in your matchups this week. So I'm the only one in the crew to register a win from this past week. Adam, you're facing sandwiches this week. Mike's facing Josh M. Trey, you're going down. Uh, I took down Adam with ease last week. It's you this week. Uh, another easy victory. No, no, man. I'm moving the infield in. You know, I'm letting the rookie come into pitch. We're good, boys. We're good. No worries. You're not letting the third that. baseman try to pitch. Yeah, it's fine. You know, we'll, we'll make it happen. Just nothing but inside heaters on Ryan, and he'll cut. He'll thaw you up. Uh, but I don't want to do a baseball analogies. I think I did that in the group chat earlier, so I stuck with it. I'm coming though. I I'm coming though. I was quite impressed with my totals last week. I won the. Sorry, I zoned out when you guys are talking. Um, I won the CFs, well, the podcast one, but I lost the Discord one, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm coming. You're coming, yeah. So, uh, yeah, lots of fantasy fun coming along uh, throughout the season as well. 
again, mentioned earlier, I'm putting a lot of different things out in our uh, fantasy channel and uh, the CFC Discord community. Uh, so if you want more insight on that, I've got a roundup every week of the highest scoring players and the highest points per $1,000 as well. So you can see who the best value plays are. Also try to put out a little thing each week to find the best diamonds in the rough that nobody's really picking at each position to give you an edge there. Uh, so uh, lots of things to come there if you want an edge in uh, fantasy over your competitors there. So check out the CFC Discord community for that. And again, more bonus content uh, that we don't have here on a regular Wednesday night show. Uh, but I think that is it for tonight's show. So somehow, guys, with only three games on the schedule, we did go an hour and a half again. I am not the least bit surprised by that. Uh, I just enjoy talking CFL football with you guys every single week. It's a lot of fun. And uh, let's get into wrapping up the show here, though, and see. We'll be back again next week. Same time, same place. Week five preview. We'll have four games to talk about that time, and we'll do all the same fun things we've done here tonight. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter, at CFCountdownPod, on Facebook.com slash CFCountdownPod there as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at CooperTrooper42 uh, as well, if you want to see what I've got going on there. Uh, I tweet occasionally. Uh, normally, it's just talking about why Bo Levi Mitchell is still a starter, but I don't have that conversation topic uh, anymore. So i got to pick a new guy to put in the Hall of Fame. Still looking for one. Uh, it can't be Nathan Rourke this year. So let me know who my next Hall of Fame campaign could be. I got some options this week. Is Tyree Adams? Is it Jared Daggy? Who's going to be the next uh, Ryan champion uh, here for that? I can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Garrell. He wasn't here tonight. He's doing stuff uh, with the C with the NHL draft. Uh, so, uh, he would, but he should be back again next week, I believe. Uh, Trey, you're next up on the list. Uh, what you all got going on? Yeah, you can find me at Twitter at Trey Harness Link. If you just want some annoying horse racing stuff, I have my horse racing podcast Wednesdays and Saturdays. I don't remember the times because I do them in Eastern time. I don't know, whatever. Just follow me on Twitter and you'll see it, my boys. And uh, yeah, I should start picking, putting more of my harness racing stuff in there because I had a nice couple winners this week. And uh, all y'all could have cashed in on a couple ant farms, but I'm greedy and I keep it for myself. Adam, people want to see all the amazing farming stuff and to learn not how to get hay wet. Where do they meet you, bud? Well, they can find me at Adam Stewart One, or hey, take a look at the Discord channel. We got our own farming part now because you know we're cool like that. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, lots of hang going on right now. Uh, gonna be doing a lot more of that coming up here soon. Uh, lots of little things going on around the farm or around with the CFL that I'm talking about, or well, almost anything really. But hey, make sure that you check me over at Adam Stewart One. Uh, I think I even posted a picture of a tractor with air conditioning today. So, you know, that's luxury for me. So, nevertheless, uh, yeah, come on over and let's talk hate. I'm in. Sounds great. Yeah. I've got to learn for all my future farming endeavors here in the middle of Winnipeg. See, see, Trey needs to come over and learn about hay because that way there he knows what kind of fuel to feed the horse to make the horse go fast. I, I, I could. But I absolutely don't. Like, that's the part of the industry I stay away from. Like, I like my little box or watching out my chair. Like, I don't want to be near a horse. I, I you know, whatever. That's <laughs> like, like, on the farm. Like, we have very few bets on anything. 
Yeah, like it, yeah, it's true too. But like, yeah, I, they're smart animals. I respect them. And these standard bread's not as bad as thoroughbred, but they are they they are shoving each other after the football game. Let's just say, like that, that's some of their mindsets are to attack each other because especially thoroughbreds. But oh my god, I do not want to be near a horse after he lost a race because that is not fun. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the weekly crop bets in the farming channel in the Discord, Adam. Uh, what are you uh, Adam? Crop uh, bets. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Guy, guy, I can't with that one. Uh, I can keep running with it because uh, it might be the best joke I've got. Uh, let's see. I mentioned where you can find us on social media. We've talked about Discord a lot already. Uh, if uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, uh, we always appreciate if you do the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, thanks to everybody who joined us live tonight or is tuning in after the fact. Uh, on behalf of Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.